Future Sense is a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Hosted by Nick Jeans and well-known international futurist Steve McDonald, Future Sense provides a fresh, deep analysis of global trends and emergent technologies. How can we identify the layers of growth, personally, socially, and globally? What are the signs missed, the truths being denied? Science, history, politics, psychology, ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. You are tuned to Future Sense here on BayFM and podcast futuresense.it for those of you out there who haven't tuned into the podcast yet. With myself, Nick Jeans, Steve McDonald, and our guest this morning, Mitch Schultz. And we are filming, and uh, you'll learn about that in the future too as we go forward. Steve. Yeah, so uh, we're going to talk now about adapting to climate cycles. And uh, just before we roll into that, I want to mention that an economic confidence model turning point just clicked over on the 18th of January. And we've been talking about the lead up to this since 2018 and uh, reporting that uh, it's a a turning point that's been forecast by Martin Armstrong's computer algorithm, which has a pretty good record for predicting economic things in particular. And and also, interestingly, his his cycles that uh, he put together based on uh, economic history um, actually sync with solar cycles and uh, he only discovered that much 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 later than uh, when he made up the algorithm mm. uh, and so the 18th of January was a turning point in his economic confidence model and he flagged it as uh, signaling potentially an economic hard landing and this doesn't always happen on the day that the, the turning occurs. Sometimes there'll be a decision made or a meeting mm. happens or something around the date and then it doesn't actually play out on a larger scale for, for some weeks uh, or months. But we should expect to see a return to an inflationary trend due to scarcity and that trend, inflationary trend, ought to run until early 2022. And uh, Martin's been... Uh, reporting and forecasting for some time that the scarcity will include food shortages due to climate disruption Um, and uh, in a post that he made uh, just actually on the 18th of January he he said that the data that they've been tracking on crop yields signalled a bearish reversal uh, on crop production which basically means that crop production is going down and uh, it it lined up with this um, turning point and I'm just quoting from his blog post, it's a warning that weather is turning against us for food production. Uh, And that's been really clear if we look back over the last couple of winters, particularly in North America and Europe, that there's been a lot of uh, crop disruption, Mm. uh, particularly because of uh, cold and wet weather. Uh, And uh, we saw that polar vortex come down over North America and dump a whole lot of snow, which then kept the ground frozen way past you know its normal time of, of thawing and then when it did thaw of course everything was flooded from the big melt and so the the growing season has been much shorter than usual mm. uh, and and the consequence is less crop production so there'll be a scarcity of certain uh, food products which will drive prices up and of course it's just been reported actually uh, this morning or in this period after the fires that there will be a significant 
reduction in production of uh, particularly fruit and vegetables after the fires and uh, prices are going to go up uh, with regard to, to that uh, natural uh, catastrophe that's occurred as well. So coming from all directions in one way or the other. Yeah, indeed. Mm. And compounding. It, compounding, yeah. Yeah. Uh, not good news, but uh, it's good to know that mm. some of these sources that have predicted this are, are showing up as, as being reasonably accurate. So let's talk about adapting to climate cycles. One of the things about our planet's climate is it's a complex adaptive system. Now, climate scientists wouldn't agree with that statement because of the word adaptive being in the middle of it. And adaptive uh, means that the system itself is aware of its performance and changes its performance mm. in order to adapt to different, to different conditions. Mm. And, and that implies intelligence consciousness mm. at a planetary level, and that's something that's not included in current mainstream climate science. And this is part of the reason why the climate models that they produce are not accurately forecasting our, uh, our weather or climate. I mean, is it the case that even if it doesn't imply consciousness it certainly implies that the living system has some kind of intelligence which is doing just that that, that uh, things change and then the system itself starts to change to adapt to those changes in order to rebalance itself so to speak yeah absolutely there, mm. there are a few things that are missing from mainstream climate science which are making a big difference at the moment and that's one of them mm. another one is uh, accounting for space weather so the influence of high energy protons and atomic nuclei in other words uh, cosmic rays um, which are penetrating further than they normally would because of the sun being at solar minimum and normally the solar wind which blows across uh, and around the earth protects us to some degree from that radiation but when the sun goes quiet that shielding dies down and we get more penetration and uh, there is good science to show that uh, the higher the cosmic ray impact at a lower level um, the more low level clouds are formed be simply because the the charged particles which are coming into the atmosphere um, are, are sort of act as attractors for water vapor so, yeah so the water droplets form around the charged particles which mm. creates clouds particularly low level clouds mm. uh, and another thing that climate science isn't factoring in is what are called flux transfer events so this is when uh, magnetic portals open between the sun and the earth and again there's solid science on this uh, published on the nasa website which i can uh, put on our social media after the show yep. uh, and uh, i'm just going to quote from one of the from the nasa article uh, earth's magnetosphere in brackets the magnetic bubble that surrounds our planet is filled with particles from the sun that arrive via the solar wind and penetrate the planet's magnetic defenses they enter by following magnetic field lines that can be traced from terra firma all the way back to the sun's atmosphere. And, of course, this ties in with the geomagnetic magnetic energy flows through the Indeed. planet, which we were discussing uh, in the first part of the show there. Mm. Uh, quoting further, the connections are not steady at all. They are often brief, bursty, and very dynamic. Bursty? Yeah, bursty. I like yeah. that word. Yeah. <laughs> bursty. Yeah. It's a bit like you, Mitch. Bursty. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> just, just exploring the present nonsense in our future sense. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Present nonsense. We'll come back to that at another time for sure. <laughs> might be another show. It yeah, might be another show. Yeah. <laughs> or a podcast. Uh, and, uh, Actually, the next song will be a bit of that. I'm, letting, I'm warning you right now. Incidentally, these, these uh, portals that open between the earth and the sun can be as wide as the earth itself when they open up and they open up roughly about once every eight minutes i think i read uh, in the in the study 
Um, and, uh, you know, I, the, so the, the, the fact that these things are missing from our climate science means that our climate scientists, when they're putting together these computer models, and it's the computer models which are giving us all of the information that's all over the media at the moment and being widely discussed, mm. that we're supposedly going to, you know, increase the global temperature by 1.5 degrees or 2 degrees over so many years and all this kind of stuff. It all comes back to the computer models. So if the computer models aren't, accurate in yeah. terms of what they're factoring in as the influential factors, then the output's not going to be accurate either. Yeah. Uh, and and so we've got our climate scientists working on the assumption of a dumb, closed system uh, that's not uh, being impacted particularly by the, the magnetic influence of the sun. Um, we, we spoke on the show a few weeks back about a good documentary called Climate Forcing, which really yes. goes into the detail of the, around the, the yeah. science of that magnetic influence. Uh, and uh, the interaction between the sun and the earth and all of that study sits outside the, yeah. the domain of climate science. It's in astrophysics, essentially. So you've got to go looking elsewhere for it. And we know that many people, even listening to this show right now, don't agree with what we're talking about. But I guess we're just asking or showing um, a way to be a bit more open to the possibility that there are, are factors we don't know. And the assumption that we know what we're doing on the planet, I think, is probably a pretty dangerous and anthropocentric assumption. So you're saying it's beyond just humans? I just want to make sure I understand this correctly. Yes, there are other okay. influences. Um, <laughs> and including, oh, we're getting some strange buzzing here, no, no doubt. No doubt we're getting some strange <laughs> buzzing. Because also I notice uh, a lot of reports currently in another influence, I guess, and your comment on this is the volcanic activity and the amount mm -hmm. of, uh, of uh, ejection of uh, all over the world going on at the moment. That that's another factor which we just can't predict mm -hmm. and is no doubt going to have an influence, does have an influence on climate too and has been shown to have an influence over our vast history. Exactly, and, and again, that is tied to solar cycles. So uh, all of this stuff that I've been discussing, the, the um, quietening down of the sun, the reduction in magnetic shielding on the Earth, the higher impact of uh, cosmic radiation uh, from outside the solar system included, yeah. uh, has an impact on Earth. And there again, there are scientific papers that show that seismic activity and volcanic activity increases during this time. So, yeah. so what we're seeing is perfectly in line with, with mm. that line of thinking mm. yeah um, and just coming back to the computer-based climate models and and I think this is something that most people don't quite understand it's certainly not something that's discussed very much is that uh, again all of the the mainstream media discussion around what might happen to the climate is based around these computer models mm. and if the computer models don't include something that's relevant then uh, any unusual uh, outcome that the com computer model is uh, is reporting has to be attributed to something from the input, right? But if the actual cause of it isn't in the input, then they're going to attribute it to something else, like, for example, human uh, causes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's not. We're not saying that humans have not had an effect on the planet. That is clear. Yeah, that's uh, clear. Our water, uh, the state of our water across the planet is disastrous. The state of our soils, the state of our forests, the state of our human interaction, the state of our societies, the state of our institutions. Everything is in some degree chaos, and uh, and deeply need needing great change. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot to think about. It is. And again, uh, we've discussed this on the show previously, but the, the conflation of different topics into one argument um, it causes a lot of confusion around this. And, and uh, 
what we are doing is making a distinction between pollution uh, and yeah. disrupt and disruption of uh, you know local uh, ecosystems on the planet mm. and large-scale climate cycles mm. which which really reflect uh, the movement of our solar system through the galaxy and all of the various mm. influences uh, that has on our sun and in turn on our planet mm. so uh, two different topics uh, as far as we're concerned and, uh, and we're certainly all for cleaning up our act absolutely um, including I mean basically since the industrial revolution to do what we have done on this planet we've burnt and incinerated things and we have to stop doing that uh, for a start anyway um, we'll take a Oh, gone. Uh, we can we can take a break in a second. Yep. Uh, let, let me just mention that uh, there was a good article in the ABC News. It's on a roll today. Uh, no, don't yet. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I'll post after the show, and it's just talking. Uh, it's it's uh, the title is climate change mitigation or adaptation. Uh, not a ch not a case of either or, and and mm. it's just pointing out the fact that okay, we're having this huge. Uh, you know, very controversial discussion at a global scale about climate change, and uh, the, the um, arguable human impact on that, and whether we're in control or not, whether we can just make a decision and change the the climate on the planet, uh, change our policy and change the climate, uh, and. Uh, the urgent need we have to actually adapt our way of living to fit with what's really happening now. Uh, and what's really happening now isn't entirely in sync with the, you know, the, the uh, overarching global warming discussion because we're seeing record freezing and extreme uh, cold you know, and, and unusual snowfalls and that kind of thing, very, very large winter storms happening right now in Newfoundland. If anybody wants to Google that and just check yep. out the depth of the snowfalls that they're having there. Uh, so it's, it, what it does fit with is the classic change pattern in a complex system where a complex system goes through a phase change its performance will spike in either direction yeah. and it basically goes into oscillations or gyrations yes. before yeah. it settles down into the new pattern the amplitude increases yeah. basically so yeah. so what we what we're facing now is the need to urgently adapt to these wild oscillations of extreme heat and extreme cold one thing that just popped into my head i was <clears throat> excuse me reading an article recently about um human temperature it's always been 98.6 and we know that is 98.6 but we have slowly been going down a little bit and they were saying that the average is about a, a degree or two lower than what we had normally really? calibrated yeah, I'd, yeah, yeah so i'd be interested in seeing the source for I'll that poke, i'll can, poke that out and yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll pull that out yeah, yeah. that just popped in when i'm thinking here about yeah, the adaptation yeah. aspect of what's happening and the, with humans for those who are listening uh, and are familiar with the metric system, that was Fahrenheit. Oh, you're talking about it. Yeah. Don't, don't be concerned. It's not 98 Celsius. <laughs> that would be a uh, big change, wouldn't yeah. it, folks? Yeah. Luckily that Steve and I are old enough to remember Fahrenheit. That's right. Um, yeah. You're tuned to Future Sense with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald. Engage, emerge, activate, and spiral up. Yes, you are. And uh, in the last few minutes of the show, and thanks to all of your calls for the book, we'll do the draw shortly. I think we'll have to close it down absolutely now, but we'll be giving away others in the future as well. So uh, it's now um, 10.42. Where are we going to summarise today? Goodness me, time's flying Goodness today. Goodness me, it is does. it not? Um, I just want to talk a little bit about Cryon. Uh, we, we often mention Cryon on the show. Cryon is a channeled entity that comes through Lee Carroll, an American engineer. 
And uh, Lee has been channeling crime for about 30 years. And, and again, this is one of those kind of out there sources that many people might find a little bit difficult to uh, to digest. Uh, the, the interesting thing about Cryon is, though, that he has a history of predicting scientific breakthroughs quite accurately. And so um, what he says tends to work, and that's why we're, we're taking notice of him. Uh, in a recent uh, session from Phoenix, Arizona, I think, which was recorded on the 20th of December, he talks about climate cycles and uh, he talks about how the planet is going through gyrations of both hotter and cooler extremes and we should expect it to settle into a cooler climate long term, which uh, fits with our own investigations, uh, which, um, which are based on the inclusion of those things that I mentioned before, which aren't included in mainstream climate science yet. Uh, and Cryon's saying this is a, this is a normal uh, type of behaviour during a climate phase shift. So, in other words, a, a large transformational change that's taking us from one era into another in terms of climate. It's normal to get this uh, radical oscillation uh, during the uh, actual transition itself. And Cryon's saying that uh, as part of this process, life will be replenished beginning in the oceans. There's already scientific evidence yeah. of, uh, of that. In the Antarctica, yep. Yeah. Right. Uh, and uh, the southern hemisphere usually leads the way yeah. with that life replenishment, and uh, that's part and parcel of the cycle that is what we call uh, a mass extinction. Uh, that's the way it works, and when life is replenished, it's... it's uh, replenished in new and bountiful ways and it seems Australia has a leading role to play in this process because of our uh, situation our position in the southern hemisphere and uh, and because we are uh, copying some of the early stage extreme uh, uh, climate conditions mm. aren't we and as we mentioned the other week on the other hand we we sit on one tectonic plate this country which does leave us somewhat immune to some of the some possible major earth changes such as earthquakes and so forth because we uh, we float on on one plate that's true so in in some respects it may be more stable here yeah uh so cryon uh, is is pointing out in this latest message that uh, he's been predicting this for a long time but basically it's here now it's like we don't need to wait any longer it's, ha it's actually happening we just have to look around us and see what's going on he talks about the polar vortex uh, traveling down into North America saying that's mm. going to be a regular occurrence he also spoke quite specifically about the fires in Australia and mm. said that we ought to start adapting to that mm. as as it's going to be also a regular thing for us yep. uh, in the foreseeable future uh, which is uh, not good news, but it's good to know that uh, we ought to expect it so that we can do something about it. Mm. Um, he's talking about in areas that where the, uh, cold, where the extremes are cold, he's saying that in the future, uh, immediate, in other words, very, very fast freezing temperatures are going to be a major threat. And uh, those areas, I guess, particularly uh, on the North American continent that are subject to the extreme cold already need to think about that. And one of the major risks is uh, the um, impact on our energy infrastructure. So the current ways that we produce electricity and transport it around our, our uh, different nodes of civilization, the poles and wires, are going to be subject to damage from this extreme cold. Uh, and we we need to start looking at more localised energy production and different ways of doing that. Mm, of course, and, and that also applies to uh, renewable structures because they're still going to be delivered often by poles and wires. Even so, unless you have a your own local system and can uh, can uh, 
pass on energy in a different way. Yeah, and, and Cryon is uh, also specifically talking about new technology, uh, which comprises a magnetic energy generator, so uh, generators of electrical energy that are driven by magnet arrays, mm -hmm. which I know uh, this this topic is the subject of some cynicism um, from listeners to the certain listeners to the show, so we're fully aware of that mm -hmm. uh, and saying it regardless because we believe that uh, crying is a trustworthy source. Not and also, that, as I've said before on the show, we have uh, direct inside knowledge of uh, the development of one of these machines, which we, we know is already operating, and uh, they're in the process of um, commercial or attempting to commercialise it. And not only that, of course, through all of uh, human history, and particularly in the last few hundred years, there's been discoveries that were completely poo-pooed over and over again in the beginning, and then suddenly they're part of our life, and uh, amazing technology has emerged out of uh, situations where people go, that's impossible to do. Yeah, and we'll have the benefit of this technology eventually here in Australia. Australia as well uh, and th these engines require almost no maintenance they, they basically run on magnets and once they get going they're more or less a perpetual uh, uh, electrical energy generator they can be buried underground uh, be because they, they don't need to you know be refueled mm. uh, and uh, there's almost no maintenance you only have to really worry when the bearings start to run out in the rotating parts mm. so um, those will be a, a godsend uh, when they do become available and will certainly uh, keep you updated on any information that comes to us about the availability of those generators. Yeah. Uh, Cryon also said a couple of interesting things, very specific things about Australia. He said that um, because of the widespread damage this year, that we should expect this year to be the last year of bushfire insurance. So that's something that we ought to know, you know, um, pretty soon whether that's going to be a, an accurate prediction or not. But let's, that's certainly something to watch. Mm. Uh, and he's also saying that in the long term. Australians need to move away from uh, the farming practices that have been so widespread here in the past. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've been watching much of my life uh, farmers crying on TV about how they're having so much trouble maintaining the farm, you know, and it's been in the family for so long mm. and they feel bad about breaking the family tradition and mm. they're still trying to make a go of it, but the weather's not supportive, the, you know, and the climate change is, is impacting, usually through drought. Mm. Um, and uh, so it's it's kind of been headed in that direction for a while. Yeah, and it's part of the Australian character to you know to carry on regardless and to go up against the the tough conditions and keep on doing what you always did in a sense. And we've done a great job here, even though we've imposed our European practice on on uh, the indigenous world here. Ooh, we've got some strange things. Um, going off here. I don't know where that's coming from. If you're hearing that, folks, don't worry about it. Also, the drill that's going, I think, in the community centre downstairs, so we apologise for that. It's not us today. That's right. I was going to say, this is not a drill, but it actually is a drill. Someone's just written in and said, a man in Cairns invented magnetic power, perpetual motion about 10 years ago, was in the paper one day, then never heard about him again. Yeah, there is a lot of history of that sort of stuff. There, there is a lot of history of that kind of stuff. Just uh, because I know we're running short on time yeah. now, we're almost at the end of the show. I just want to uh, relay a couple of other messages that came through Cryon, and I will post a link to this uh, if you want to listen to it directly. Um, Cryon has suggested that uh, to mitigate the fire risk here in Australia in the future, uh, that we could look at 
uh, clearing areas up to 1.6 kilometres around our infrastructure. So mm. if you're on a cattle station, you know, clearing the tree line out to 1.6 kilometres and ploughing it back to dirt. So there's there's literally nothing that's going to burn in that circle. And uh, if, if you think about the scale of the recent fires and the fire storms, the fire tornadoes that we've seen, which suck burning embers up into the air and then drop them down, you know, miles ahead mm. of the fire, mm. uh, you'll see why this kind of extreme action would be required in order to protect so firefighters become ember fighters in the end that's right Mm. he talked about repurposing Mm. because these fires are too big to fight we found that this year in Mm. many cases that uh, the firefighters are repurposed to simply put out spot fires that that fall ahead of the main and particularly you know near near to infrastructure he also spoke about uh, tapping into underground water of course we've got the great artesian basin here which we've uh, used to some extent for farming but there's still much more water underground here in Australia that uh, we're able to tap into for fighting fires. And he also spoke about uh, connected with preparing these cleared areas around our our homes and stations and infrastructure, uh, building animal refuges into that. So earth berms, covered berms that they can get underneath inside, kind of like burrows, I guess, uh, where the, the animals can take refuge from the fire and providing water in those places for the animals so that where we live also becomes an animal refuge, which is a, a you know a wonderful idea. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he predicted yes. the employment of something called fire nets. Yes, which will be that was a, very interesting. A kind of net, he said, which hasn't been invented yet, made of a non-flammable, non-melting material, which can be draped over whole buildings. Mm. And the idea of this net is to catch burning embers mm. before they get in contact with the building itself. So, mm. again, that's another prediction that we can watch and see. Fascinating stuff. It comes true. Mm. Uh, and uh, and the idea is to let the main fire burn and just uh, retreat to these refuges. So I, th- I think that's all very, very good advice and stuff that ought to be factored in and considered by those people who are, who are developing policy and practices around that. Yeah. Um, but, but generally, I think uh, it's it's true to say that the, the extreme fires are going to and are already guiding us to reconnect with nature uh, more deeply and to uh, think about living in harmony if we're going to continue yeah. to live you know embedded in nature we need to to live in harmony with nature and come up with sustainable and regenerative practices well um, yes well that's that's very timely We've, some texts just came in uh, radical change in farming let the earth rest regenerate the topsoil the humus the fungi absolutely yeah indeed necessary and uh, one last message from cryon was that the government the government will not save you he said the answers are going to come out of grassroots society and that again fits exactly with uh, the themes in claire graves's work and i think we're starting to see that i mean there's been actions and god bless all those who've been active including myself and ourselves over years uh, trying to get governments to change policies regarding some of these issues and uh, well have we seen very many changes no we have not not many places on the earth and that's actually the result that we're getting so yeah. we need to do something different yeah instead of complaining and arguing let's just get on with it and start adapting the time Absolutely. is now all right i think we'll uh, th- leave it there that's uh, been a rich show and thanks for all your input and uh, we'll see you we'll be with you next week and don't forget our podcast on futuresense.it you can also hear the full show with all the music and so forth if you like some of the tracks on the bay fm website futuresense website and the podcast comes in two parts as you hear uh, which when it's edited down within a couple of days and thanks to dina sharrick for doing that for us and all of our team out there who came to uluru oh makes me <laughs> and here we are. And here we are. And here we are. Here we are.
You've been listening to Future Sense, a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Future Sense is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.